like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and today my co-host is Laura Spillman. Hello, everybody. Hooray, Laura's back. Yay! Laura and I have been planning this and then forgetting that we scheduled it for like months. months. <laughs> and like two hours after the scheduled time, one of us will text the other and be like, Shit, Oh, hey, we, we forgot. To record. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So we set alarms. I know. And we're ready now. Yes. Okay, so today our quote comes from an article called Tattoos and Piercings in Early Childhood Workplaces Are Restrictive Dress Codes in Line with Developmentally Appropriate Practice by some weirdo named Heather Brandy. I'll tell you, it's a topic near and dear to both of <laughs> oh our hearts. Oh my hearts. gosh, We've yes, for so long. For a long, long yeah. time. Yep, we sure have. So, um, uh, so Laura and I both have tattoos. Uh, Laura's more decorated than I am. But we, we both have a lot. Um, and we'll get into specifics about that, too. And then we both have our noses pierced because we went and got them pierced together about three-ish years ago, four-ish yes. years ago. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is something that, that we've had many conversations about. But here's the quote we're going to start with as a starting point. Uh, if we accept that children's identities are formed and impacted in our programs, then we must examine how their families and cultures are represented or not represented in our programs. Dress code policies that undermine this representation are at odds with the procra- proclaimed values of our field. Nope, of our profession. That's how that word goes. Um, so there you go. Um, uh, we've been we've been talking about uh, both our own frustrations with uh, employers who have required that we cover our tattoos and take our nose rings out for a while. Um, but also, um, we have, we've sort of broadened it out to the bigger idea of, yeah, it's inconvenient and annoying for us as people to not be able to be who we are at work, but also it does have an impact on the children and the families we serve when, when we, uh, you know, make those kinds of things invisible. 
Right. And for me, it goes back to this notion, and you and I have talked about this before, about being who we are authentically. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've had, we even have a podcast about like playing teacher and that kind of thing and how I used to wear like the frocks with the apples and the appliques <laughs> and all that stuff. And the cute t-shirts, you know, I am a very special teacher kind of thing. Yeah. And and I felt like I had to play a role and I wasn't authentically myself. And so when I was able to just say, this is not me, you know, I this is not the kind of teacher that I am. And I started to just um, be who I was and the way that I dressed and the way that I wore my hair and that kind of thing. It actually made me a better teacher because I, I was being myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, the twos that I have, and, you know, it's certainly... When I started getting lots of ink, it wasn't something that I, I really didn't anticipate when I was younger that I would actually have all the tattoos that I have. But <laughs> you talked about in the story, all of the tattoos, or in your article, all the tattoos of mine have very specific stories. I got them for a specific reason, for a person, uh -huh. for a place, for a feeling, for an accomplishment. And so they all have stories. And... Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really anticipate that it would um, be an issue um, for me later on that I would have to cover up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we're both. Um, oh no, maybe that's an overgeneralization. But I, I, I was gonna say I think we're both sort of in an unusual category of not having started to get tattoos <laughs> until right. we were pretty well established in our professions. Um, I think I. I had to go back and look and my first oh, okay. one was in 2014 and um and I, you've had some but you but it's been like you were already like you said in your profession I was already in my profession um, when I started getting them. and really yeah. the employers that I had up until about probably about 2016 2017 were actually okay and, and um you know, it was actually okay and wasn't an issue, but I still kind of felt the need, mm -hmm. like, especially because in the role that I was in, I was um, all, you know, uh, covered up in presentations and that kind of thing because I felt I was a little self-conscious. Mm -hmm. But once I would, like, take a sweater off or pull my sleeves up, people would be like, oh, my gosh, you have the most beautiful tattoos. And it, and it starts this really <laughs> wonderful conversation and they get to know more about them because they're like, oh, look, look what I have. I have this one and it's for this reason. And it builds connection. So uh -huh. if you look at yeah. building connection with another adult, it, you know, why is that not okay to build that connection with a child that would say, Miss Laura, you have on, it looks like a bracelet, but it doesn't come off. You know, and they try to take off my little tattoo that looks like a bracelet. Uh -huh. That right. that was the one I could actually show at the place where I did have. Mm -hmm. Um, when we had to cover this particular job, I had to cover up most all of them. Which one made me very uncomfortable because we would go outside and it's a hundred and one heat index, and I'm wearing a cardigan sweater yeah. um, and long pants. And yep. um, so I'm very hot and very uncomfortable. That makes it very hard to teach and be present with young children. Um, uh -huh. I actually put a spacer in where my nose ring was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Kids pay more attention to that spacer 
than uh-huh. they ever do to my yeah. actual nose yeah. ring. Like they notice that clear spacer more than they do anything. If well, I have the hoop in, kids never mention it. But if I have that clear spacer in, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, and I think, um, you know, you talk about connection uh, and another really basic way that this can be can be great to to be able to show your tattoos with children is vocabulary like there's all kinds of new language that we can expose them to as we talk about um you know most Uh of my tattoos are just words um so so obviously that's language and vocabulary (laughs) if they're asking me what that says and it's sort of environmental prints built Right. right into the teacher um but yours are you know beautiful pictures and beautiful art and um, I even went, when I was writing this article, I went and looked at like the NACI accreditation standards yes. for the visual arts and, and actually having a tattoo visible in the classroom could, could meet some NACI criteria oh my for gosh, having art to brilliant. look at and talk about. That's brilliant. That, <laughs> well, and that's funny because so, I have a lot of birds. I have like most of my really large tattoos are birds. And I think there was one time where I was in a toddler room and I had on a shirt and like my little bird was peeking out and one of the toddlers came up and they're like, (laughs) birdie, birdie, you know, so here's this amazing piece of language that I just gave this child. Now, had I been completely covered up, that may not would have happened, that wouldn't have happened. So what I love about that, not only did he get this awesome, you know, language, and we talked about, uh, you know, we talked about my birdie, but it made this connection between me and him. And then we ended up doing, um, well, you know, the Ring Around the Rosie song, you know, there's a second verse to that. Not sure if you're aware of that. And at the end, oh, all the birds fly away. So then it turned into a music oh. and movement. So we have this little progression uh-huh. of all this great connection and learning happened because I had this tattoo on my, um, uh, kind of up on my shoulder and the child just happened to see it. So, uh-huh. you know, tattoos aren't this scary and you know I think with maybe older generation you know I don't know if it's an older generational thing where tattoos kind of signify somebody who's maybe had a life or they've been in they're in a gang they're in a biker gang I don't know they've been in prison (laughs) well one of the one of the examples I use in the article which I sort of um uh, paraphrased, but um, it's a friend of mine who is like an established professor and profession, respected professional and, um, and right. nationally known, et cetera, et cetera, who has tattoos and her daughter in her childcare center was um, subject to overhearing oh. teachers talking about how tattoos are a sign that you've been in prison oh. or you're probably going to be in prison. And she was well, devastated and cried with her mom that night. Yeah. So just the ignorance mm-hmm. of, of of some people's perception of tattoos right. is really um, is really powerful in this conversation. I know when I was in an administrative um, role um, a few years ago, and um, I felt like with the families that I had there, that it allowed me to connect with maybe families that I may not otherwise been able to connect to or with. Um, just uh-huh. because it started a conversation. So it's almost like tattoos bring on this conversation starter, right? 
And that in and of itself builds connection as well. So when we have policies that allow us to express ourselves, you know, um, whether it be tattoos or if we do have a piercing or two, or even I know that now a lot of places don't allow people to have funky colored hair, which is becoming um, a lot more, you know, you see it a lot more here and there, um, that I just think it helps build connection when you can allow someone to build their own character. Yeah. So I want to go back to, to, for just a minute to when you were talking about how you're being uncomfortable when it's hot and you have to wear long sleeves and, and being able to be your authentic self and how you feel like you're a better teacher, because I really relate to that. Um, I feel like, I mean, so, so my job's right now is a good job, but I can't, um, for a variety of reasons, I feel like I'm only my authentic, about 15% of my authentic self. (laughs) And it really, it it really does, um, uh, affect your mindset and my comfort level and like what I want to get up and do. And I know that there are people who would say, well, that's your choice. I guess you shouldn't have gotten tattoos then if you wanted to be able to to have your arms showing. And um, so that's where I feel like it's important to bring in um, the idea that um, it's, it's of of benefit to children to be able to see that. So it's not, Mm -hmm. there, there is an element that's about my comfort and my preference and myself. Right. But, but what I tried to do in the article is, is connect it to, the three core considerations of developmentally appropriate practice that we should be, you know, mm-hmm. kind of applying to all our decisions. Um, right. And, and a big piece of that is children feeling like they and their families are represented um, mm-hmm. and that there are people like them in the spaces mm-hmm. where they spend a lot of their time and that the children uh-huh. who don't maybe have tattooed or pierced people in their family can right. sort of, grow up with this experience that the world is a diverse place and that's safe and okay. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the, the other thing that I've got, so this um, I'm, I'm in full on obnoxious self-promotion mode this week because the article just came out and I'm like sharing it everywhere. Um, oh, it's amazing. And <laughs> it, it, that in and of itself, Heather though, just yes, shows. that it resonates so much. That, yes. It just shows that this is actually yeah. an issue. Like this is actually an issue in right. our profession. A conversation we need to have. Absolutely. There Absolutely. are there there are hundreds of people commenting and sharing on Facebook posts about about this article. Okay. And really, I, I haven't read them all, but like I said, I'm being pretty obsessive, so I've read a lot of them. Um, and yeah. and there's only been one that I've seen so far that's like. Um, okay, yeah, but perception is important too. And we need to remember that Mm -hmm. that's a reality. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that was eye opening for me, because when I was writing it, I was like, you know, maybe this isn't that big of an issue. You know, maybe just my little circle of tattooed friends are feeling it. But maybe it's right. But clearly, it's resonating. Yeah, I truly believe that it actually is an issue. And I'll give you an Uh example. So when I was at another program um, we Hold on. another program okay. and uh, there was a teacher there and, uh, that she on. so 
the example that I have comes from, um, we were visiting a program. We took a group of our teachers over to visit a different program to see their classrooms. And there was a teacher in there and she had band-aids all over her face and was wearing long sleeves. This is in the dead of summer. And one of my employees who had some tattoos and had some piercings kind of looked at her and she goes, do you all, are you all required to cover up? And she said, yes. And so I guess this one employee and the other employee ended up having some conversations and she came and interviewed and worked at my facility. And it was because we didn't have really strict policies about, and they did end up changing after I left because she had quite a few facial Mm -hmm. piercings. And I, I think they ended up changing it where you could only have like two other, other than you know, right. ear piercing. You have as many in your ears as um, you well, want, but <laughs> which honestly I felt like was was fairly generous sure. compared yeah. to other yeah. programs. Um, but that just shows you. I mean, what more questions are going to be asked when walking in and a person has band aids all over their face and like has makeup covering mm-hmm. up a tattoo on their yeah. arm? And you know, to me, that's even more distracting than whatever you think is distracting about a piercing or a right, tattoo. Right. And if, if we want to talk about perception um, and what other people might think about it, that to me calls to mind the, the other current issue um, of men in childcare. And so it's clear. So if you read, uh, you know, like exchange magazine, always has articles Mm -hmm. about, or often has articles about this. There's books about it. If you go to a conference, there's workshops about why we need a bigger male presence and the value of that. But I can tell you from having been a director, there's a perception issue there too. And it's, it's, it's beginning of the conversation. It's unfair and it's ignorant and it's all those things that, so I'm, but the reality is we see that there are benefits to children for having uh, more men working in our field. I also have experienced right. that there is some parental discomfort with that at times. But if yes, I've yeah, if we well. have decided that it's important to children and we're able to articulate why, that mm-hmm. that's what we need to bring to the tattoo piercing wild colored hair conversation. Um, we just need to be able to believe in its value and articulate it and stand by that. Mm-hmm. And the perception issue will resolve itself. It, it's not that and big tr- for one thing, right? You may hear that one voice, but you're not hearing the mm-hmm. 56 voices who are okay with it. I almost feel like we need, you know, and maybe this could be a really great workshop for yeah, IYC. It is coming I up to be proposal time. <laughs> it is. Um, but maybe we just need some talking points around it that when you do get that mm-hmm. question, then this is how you, that this is how you can answer it in a way that connects it to working, you know, with young children and being a professional, because I know that one of the things that I truly believe in is really what I care about is that teachers are being kind mm-hmm. and loving while being safe and healthy Absolutely. with children. And I feel like this whole dress code conversation just derails that. Like, where I'm at now, they wear jeans and we order them T-shirts. And my teachers are comfortable. They're happy. They don't have to think about what they're going to wear. 
you know, I like it better from a previous employers where people wore scrubs. Yeah. So it looked like kids were going to the nurse's yeah, office. I, hate that. I just don't, I just don't. And I, you know, and even though it was voluntary, I wouldn't do uh, it because that's not right. me, you know? And so I can appreciate a company that says, we value the comfort level of our teachers. Yes. And so now where I'm at, they wear jeans, they wear t-shirts, they can have tattoos, they can have piercings. They just, all they ask is that, that they're not yeah. offensive. I don't think I've ever seen an early child care worker, professional, anyone with a tattoo that's offensive. <laughs> right. I haven't. It's always like birds and flowers and unicorns exactly. and stuff. <laughs> You know, or, or cute yeah. quotes, awesome yeah. quotes. It's you know, and I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure yeah. they are. I'm not yeah, and, any, and it's but... a whole other conversation about professionalism that also maybe needs to happen. And this is a small piece of it, but if if we're measuring whether someone is professional by what they look like and what norms they meet, but we're ignoring interactions. Interaction. and skill yeah. level and knowledge of child development, mm-hmm. then we're so backwards. We've, we've just Absolutely. got it backwards. And I'll, I'll just throw Absolutely. out, you know, go to go to Lisa Murphy's Ooey Gooey site where she has um, articles and workshop handouts. And she's got a great one about tattoos mm-hmm. um, and dress codes that, that fits this conversation nicely. Yeah. The dress code thing's always been an issue for me. And it's always been an issue because... <laughs> I'm a weirdo, you know, and I just, I really, really, yeah. I don't know. Dress has always been important to me. Um, yes. What I wear has always been important to me. It's a part of my identity. Um, you know, I'm a long skirt wearing, you know, uh-huh. dress, lots of love dresses. And I don't know. I just, I've always just kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and uh-huh. dress codes have always been very hindering for me. And I can't tell you how many times I've yeah. gotten called into an office because of dress code. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's a waste of my time. When we could, you know, do we really, I'm a good teacher and I have 34 years of experience behind me to validate that. And the amount of time wasted I spent in offices talking about my shoes or my dresses or whatever is just, it's just a waste of time and it takes me away from my true practice. And that's yep. working with young children and, right, and providing right. and, them a good experience. And making sure that no child is invisible if we can help it. No child's family is invisible if we can right. help it um, can be a really right, um, right. important piece of that conversation. Uh, so do you want to tell any of your yes. tattoo stories here at the end of the episode? <laughs> I can. I yeah, can, I can tell favorite. you my favorite one. So my favorite tattoo actually was a picture mm-hmm. drawn by my son. And it was a, um, I am, I have practiced, I do practice uh-huh. um, Buddhism. And he found, I think it was my 40th birthday card. He always makes me uh-huh. these amazing birthday cards. And one year he made this beautiful mandala with like a lotus um, it's on my left <laughs> shoulder. And um, so he made it in this card. And about two years later, I was in a really awful car accident, horrible, horrible car accident. And um, 
it, it could have been life-threatening. It wasn't, but it could have been. But it really kind of shook me to my core. And I knew when I, it was a very long, painful recovery. And I knew when I recovered, I wanted to get a tattoo that just sort of symboled, you know, rebirth. You know, the idea of the lotus is that it grows through mud and it's hard and then it's this beautiful flower. And um, so I was going through some things and I found that card with the mandala and the lotus flower. And it was like, that's it. That's my next. <laughs> so I took it to my tattoo artist and she um, was able to get it on. Um, she was able to recreate it. Um, she copied it on the kind of paper that they use when they first do your, your stencil. Mm-hmm. And so now it's on my left shoulder forever. And it's surrounded by musical notes because I'm a big music geek. So, uh-huh. um, so that's really my favorite one just because yeah. it represents something beautiful that my son made for me um, that later on came as became a symbol of life for me and now mm-hmm. it sits on my shoulder forever yay so. that's awesome i absolutely i'd actually forgotten that one yeah. um i was thinking about all your birds and your steady in the boat and all those other things oh, yeah. oh i forgot that larson designed one of yours yeah so what about you well, I'm trying to think what my favorite one is. I don't really know. I'm getting ready to get one on Friday, actually. Oh, that's what I'm doing for my birthday this year. And yeah. so that's um, just a few days from now. And it's actually just going to be the glasses from my nerd logo. Love it. Um, oh, but I we have one this, of those. We have this elaborate photo shoot planned where Steve's going to go with me. And um, I'm going to be reading this article while I'm getting the test. <laughs> you guys are the coolest ever. I don't think there's so anybody excited. cooler than you all. Oh my God! Well, he's he's a good sport. We'll just say that. Yeah, my my. When he went with me to get my wedding tattoo because I got one after we got married yeah. that has an open book and it says "Reader, I married him," which is the first line of the last chapter of Jane Eyre. Oh. Um, and Steve doesn't have tattoos, but we went. He went with me, oh, and wow. as we were leaving, the tattoo artist uh, Ryan gave um, Steve his card and said, "For when it's your time." Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. That is so funny because really, truly. It- Anybody who has tattoos knows that you just know when it's the right time to do That's it. That's right. It's a That's right. Big you just decision. Do it. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm always kind of thinking about that next one. I went through uh-huh. a period where I got a lot at once. And I think it was just uh-huh. because of my life situation at that time. Just uh-huh. there was a lot going on. So um, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. I got one last year that represented my daughter, Berkeley, who has Turner yeah. Syndrome and the symbol of, a Turner, of Turner Syndrome butterfly. Um, so I now have a butterfly. So really all my tattoos represent all the important people in my life. Yeah. Um, so, and just, just talking about it, doesn't it just view this like, it just the feeling uh-huh. and why wouldn't you want to have that connection with everybody, you yeah. know, and with the children that you work with and the families that you work with, it's just, it's really, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, so happy that you did that article, and I'm so happy that it's resonated with people really all over the world, Heather. I just, oh, I'm, I'm excited. Just so excited. I'm just so excited for you, and I'm yeah, so proud. Yeah, well, um, and and honestly, you you've been a big part of that because you were there for all the conversations, and you read it for me before I sent it in, and all that kind of stuff. So I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. So I guess we'll end this by saying if anyone is nervous but wants to go get a tattoo, Laura and I will cancel you through it. Yeah, we can, we can t- we, I, I know all the breathing. I can give you all the advice. Right. It's all good. We'll, we'll help, good. You find, and, help you and find And look forward to a workshop on this at IAYC. Yes, I'm so excited now. 2020. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Laura. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Um, we'll see you on another episode. Goodbye. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.